welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR topics that is making the headlines. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined again by Kieran Howes, Deputy Editor, Executive Grapevine Digital Media. So welcome back to the podcast, Kieran. It's a pleasure to have you on again. Thank you very much for having me, Soph. Really appreciate it. So the topic for this week's podcast is all around volunteering. And this is because between the 1st and 7th of June, it marks National Volunteers Week. And according to volunteersweek.org, this is a time to say thanks for the contribution that millions of people across the UK make through volunteering and also to raise general awareness about the benefits of volunteering. So with volunteering being under the spotlight this week, it could act as a good opportunity for employers in HR to look at volunteering in the workplace and kind of the associated benefits with that. And lots of employers out there have been known to offer volunteering programmes or schemes or the like. But before we look into some of those examples more specifically, I wanted to share the results of a recent poll that we ran over on HR Grapevine's LinkedIn page. And within that, we asked our audience, does your company have a volunteering scheme in place? To which 37% responded saying yes and 63% said no, which was quite interesting to see. And of course, we don't know specifically what some of the schemes our audience have in place in terms of volunteering opportunities and programmes. However, I thought in this kind of first section of the podcast, it would be really useful to look at a couple of examples of what employers have in place generally and what they offer and, and how they work. So, Kieran, I think you've got a bit more information for us on that. Yeah, exactly so. So I think nationwide is a great place to start when talking about corporate volunteering examples, as well as investing 1% of its pre-tax profits into social responsibility uh, and having both Shelter and St Mungo's as key charity partners, which a lot of people within the company are encouraged to volunteer for. It also gives all of its employees 14 hours or that's the equivalent of two days of paid volunteering time to, as the company states, support causes that matter to them. So the scheme was first introduced for Nationwide back in 2010. And at the time, their divisional director, corporate affairs, Maxine Taylor, told Civil Society News, employee volunteering can make a real difference in the community sector, particularly within the context of this challenging economic climate. Our talented people giving their time and expertise can be the most effective donation of all. So that's obviously, you know, a great kind of baseline there. And actually, credit company Experian takes this even further, offering employees three days of paid volunteering time off per year. And with volunteering opportunities ranging from one-off projects, ongoing activities to team challenges. 
Not only this, but the firm also matches funding for up to £250 per person per year for all permanent UK and Ireland-based staff who want to take part in sponsored events to raise money for a registered charity. And then actually taking it even further, US company AppDynamics, uh, which is part of Cisco, gives employees up to five days off per year and also matches donations of up to a stonking $10,000 per individual. That's really quite amazing. And the company also organises various events. Uh, One of the examples it gives is cleaning up a beach for the day and consider these not only volunteering days, but also team building days, which obviously has a really beneficial business outcome as well. I really like the example of the volunteering day to help clean up a beach. I think that's a a really great example there. And as we can see from what Kieran just touched upon there, there are lots of different ways that employers out there are getting involved with volunteering in the workplace and wider society, which is really, really good to see. And what I thought would be really useful to highlight is some of the ways that kind of offering volunteering or volunteering programs could potentially benefit the HR agenda and some of the things that the people function is tasked with looking after. So first up, productivity. So some data from Gallup essentially revealed that when staff are engaged at work, they're 21% more productive and 27% more likely to perform well, which, of course, as Kieran pointed towards, can have follow-on impacts on the bottom line. And a more recent report called The Value of Volunteering, which was funded by the Bank of America and co-founded by the Education and Employers Charity and the CIPD, looked into the benefits of supporting and encouraging staff to participate in volunteering efforts. And within this, it found that employers who support their staff to volunteer in schools and colleges, the staff who do participate are more motivated, more productive and have an overall better sense of well-being. Quite a nice soundbite from Peter Cheese, who is the CEO of the CIPD, who was cited in the research. He said, when employers help volunteering, it is rewarded with loyalty. This report shows two thirds of volunteers are more likely to speak positively about their employer and half are more satisfied at work. Such loyalty can reduce costs associated with turnover and improve how staff interact with customers and partners, which I think does also highlight other benefits aside from that productivity piece. Another important one, I think, to touch upon is employer branding and brand awareness, which could be another potential positive from getting involved in volunteering. And actually, before the podcast, I was having a little look at a blog post by Sage, which was explaining that staff working at firms who do allow volunteer days, they may feel more proud of where they work. And if they feel proud about where they work, you know, they may be sharing on social media networks or with friends and families. And this, I guess, can have follow-on benefits in terms of the business's profile, which could be really good for attracting prospective talent. And some Deloitte data actually suggested that staff who volunteer within their organisation think more highly of their employer and feel a greater sense of pride in where they work. So kind of some stats to back that up, uh, which was reported by Have Fun Do Good. I just touched upon attracting prospective talent, and I think this leads us on nicely to kind of explore that in a little bit more detail. And particularly for Generation Z and Millennials, it seems as though they're kind of looking for more rewarding and meaningful workplace experiences. And some data from City Philanthropy found that 53% of under 35s want to volunteer more than they do, with this figure rising to 60% among 18 to 24-year-olds. And that data was cited in the, the same Sage blog post that I referred to previously. 
So I think it's clear to say that, you know, if this is something that people and job seekers want, then they may be encouraged to kind of look for a company that offers and prioritises these types of volunteering opportunities. Another point or positive for the HR agenda is around kind of building stronger work relationships. As all HR professionals will be aware of, you know, building colleague relations is crucial to building an overall good work culture. And it's possible that volunteering can actually help with this. And a 2020 Forbes article, which was authored by Brenda Pack, was explaining that to be able to volunteer together with colleagues can really help to cement and develop those deeper bonds that otherwise may not have happened within teams. And it was kind of supported by some data from United Health Group, which found that 64% of employees who currently volunteer with work colleagues have found that it's really strengthened in their relationships. So that could have multiple follow-on benefits to the business. And just the last point, which I thought was a really, really crucial one to mention, and also interesting, was around kind of the development of skills. And this is something that was also pointed towards in the value of volunteering report. And the study which I explained earlier, looks into employee volunteering in schools, essentially found that 80% or more of volunteers reported benefits for their communication, influencing their relationship skills, with over half benefiting for leadership and other skills. And these are, of course, all core workplace skills, which are beneficial to both individuals and business. So it seems as if volunteering could really help with that kind of upskilling piece and, and development of that skills. So I've, as I've kind of reeled off there at it seems as though there are lots of different ways that offering volunteering can help to benefit the HR agenda, which I'm sure will act as food for thought for many. I think to take that one step further, lots of organisations, of course, are kind of moving towards hybrid work arrangements, you know, and they're spending a little bit of time working from home and time working in the office. And a top consideration for employers, I think, will then be how could this volunteering be translated into a hybrid work context? And also the follow on question of whether or not this should be offered on company time. Yeah, those are both really good questions, Sophie. And I do understand why some people may see hybrid working as uh, you know, a challenge to the concept of corporate volunteering. However, in practice, there's no reason why it should actually cause that much disruption. I think it just takes more planning. And ultimately, there are many different ways to volunteer, some of which can be done remotely. I won't name any names, but before the podcast, I did some research into this and found that numerous charitable partners exist offering employees the chance to volunteer remotely. And that may be through digital fundraising or offering their services to chat lines to help those who are struggling or, you know, many different kind of concepts like that. And some even offer training for people who would like to help in this way, but don't feel that they have the skills. And for those who will have employees returning to the office on a hybrid basis, I think there's a really clear business case, as you've already demonstrated there with some of those stats, for using that time to volunteer either in teams or as a company within company time. As previously mentioned multiple times, uh, corporate volunteering can actually be a really effective team building experience, making great use of the time that workers spend together. And in fact, according to Gallup, just to add another stat into the mix, according to Gallup, increasing collaboration in this way can actually reduce feelings of isolation and increase productivity by as much as 21%. So big returns on that investment there. But to your second point, so should volunteering take place within company time? Well, 
the situation is different for every company. And of course, there's no one size fits all solution here. But we've just talked about how volunteering on company time can pose key advantages. And it seems that this is the model that many companies who are placing corporate volunteering in their well-being strategy are choosing going forwards. And ultimately, every company must decide for themselves whether this is something that they believe is worth dedicating work hours towards. Well, thanks, Kieran. And it does look as if there's lots of information out there to take in regarding volunteering and volunteering programmes in the workplace, which I'm sure will be food for thought for employers and HR in light of National Volunteers Week. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content. Whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events or market leading research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletters, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com.